0: I know from a few conversations I had in the break that I've answered some questions and provoked many more than need answers, but I'm sure there are plenty of people here able to answer them, uh, because I'm moving on to <coughs> a separate subject completely, uh, the role of the Holy Spirit in cross-cultural mission. And this is massively important. Holy Spirit, even as we teach about your workers, God the Holy Spirit, the Lord the Spirit, we worship you. We worship you because you're God. And we love you, Holy Spirit, because you're a person. We worship God in Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We thank you. And just, Lord. Holy Spirit, continue upon me as I speak, I pray, to bring honour to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. The doctrine of the... I'm going to start with some theology. The doctrine of the Trinity, God being Father, Son and Holy Spirit is so important to us as Christians, and is so clearly in contrast to other religions. It's opposed by Muslims, for example, because they think we're both putting forward three gods, and they also misunderstand what we mean by Trinity. Often they think it is Father, Son, and Virgin Mary. That's what they think we're teaching, and therefore if you start off by teaching Jesus as the Son of God it implies something that would be awful to them and to us as well, because you have to understand their understanding of what we're saying is not what we're saying, so you have to build relationships with other ways before you can tackle that issue. So, <coughs> excuse me. However, the doctrine of the Trinity, which I love to teach on, as well as magnifying the beauty of our relational God... Love being there between the persons of the Trinity before the foundation of the world. But it also helps us to know God. So, the Son shows us what the Father is like. We only know the Father as being wonderfully fatherly towards us because the Son has revealed him. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? He must have been pretty exasperated. I guess he is with us as well. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. You see, Jesus is God come close to bring us close to God. Muslims don't know anything about that. They believe in the one God, but he's distant. He's supreme, yes, which we believe as well. But there can't be intimate knowledge. There can be intimate knowledge because of the Son. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is with the Father, has revealed him. So we wouldn't understand God without Jesus. We wouldn't be able to experience God without the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus brings the knowledge of God... The Holy Spirit does that too by, re, by bringing to mind what Jesus has said. But the Holy Spirit enables us to experience God. Which again, people from other faiths don't know. You understand? And so, Paul writes this, talking about our future hope. He says, the hope does not put us to shame Interestingly, if you read the New Testament carefully, there's all shame, honor stuff in it all the way through. Just we miss it because if we're Western, because we're not looking for that. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So, what's that saying? We believe God loves us because Jesus revealed it. We experience God. That hope doesn't disappoint us because we experience God's love because the Holy Spirit pours it into our hearts. My entry into the baptism of the Holy Spirit was that verse. I didn't believe in tongues at the time. I didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit for today, but I read that verse i had a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit, knowing his love poured into my heart. By the way, my theology has changed since that time. Uh, but, and I do obviously speak in tongues now, but at that time I didn't. But I still experienced God, because the Holy Spirit brings the present reality of the experience of God. But the doctrine of the the Trinity also teaches us about mission. Why? Because the word to do with mission, remember mission just means sending. And And the Son was sent by the Father to rescue the world. The mission of God was demonstrated in the Father sending the Son And Jesus often speaks of himself as being sent into the world. That is, the Son is on mission. And as I said yesterday, the whole Bible describes the mission of God to transform the world through Israel's Messiah. And now through those who are in Israel's Messiah. However, the Holy Spirit is also the sent one. Sent by the Father and the Son. And so the mission in this world... Now, the mission when Jesus was here was Jesus come to save the world. The mission now is the Holy Spirit enabling Jesus to be known all over the world. Holy Spirit is God on mission. Pentecost was a mission event. It wasn't just personal experience or a consumer event. Sometimes when you hear people talking about the holy spirit it almost so gets so self-centered yeah. Yeah. that it takes it out of its original biblical context. Now we do enjoy it. We do enjoy the river of God. But the river of God is going somewhere. Yeah. As we will see later. So, he's the Holy Spirit of mission. And you cannot, and, and you need to, and to, and to be sure you can, you can fully, un, to be sure you fully enjoy the Holy Spirit, Spirit's presence, you need to be on mission. Jesus said this go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What's that? By his Spirit, he is with us in our mission, is what that's saying. And the promise of the presence of Jesus is related to mission, as well as gathering. Yes, when two or three gather in his name, he's there. But when we go, he's there. Theologically, now I'm going to... We started yesterday with the Apostles' Creed. I'm going to bring another creed to you now. The Holy Spirit is described as though, theologically, as the proceeding one, the one who moves, who goes. If you read one of the one most wonderful Old Testament descriptions of God, is in the beginning of the Book of Ezekiel. And you get that glorious picture, but it's a moving God. Wheels within wheels, so they can move in any direction. Wheels within wheels, in Ezekiel, has nothing to do with the way that expression is used in modern English. Okay? Nothing at all. Even though it comes from that. It's to do with God moving everywhere. The spirit in the wheels, it says. God on the move and the amazing thing was see for Ezekiel he said I was sitting amongst the exiles in Babylon and I saw God that would have been a shock to Ezekiel God was in Jerusalem no God is in Babylon (laughs) wherever we go in mission God's there before us. All over the Muslim majority world and other parts of the world, people are already seeing visions of Jesus, seeing angels appearing to them, being healed. I've met people who've been healed by Jesus before they knew anything about him other than he was a prophet in the Quran. And they were healed in their sleep, in their dreams. God is in Babylon Even as our society gives up God, God is there. God is in Babylon. You understand? So The Holy Spirit is already working in all these places. We're just going to catch up. Because these people need people who can explain their visions and dreams to them. And the Athanasian Creed says this. For like as we are compelled by Christian truth, verity of the old translation, to acknowledge every person by himself to be God and Lord, so we are forbidden by the Catholic, that's universal religion, to say there are three gods or three lords. The Father is made of none, neither created nor begotten. The Son is of the Father alone, not made nor created, but begotten. The Holy Spirit is of the Father and of the Son, neither made nor created nor begotten, but proceeding. What's that teaching us? Very important truth. Firstly, Jesus is eternally Son, relating to one who is eternally Father. It wasn't a time when he became Son. Eternally Father, it's the character of God. Eternally Son. And the Spirit eternally on the move. So even at the beginning of Genesis, the Holy, the Spirit of God was hovering over the chaos of the waters. Forgive me doing some theology, but it's very, very important at a time when. And so, but this theology then helps us in our mission. So the Holy Spirit is the one that. He's sent, he's proceeding, he's the moving from the Father and the Son. That expression gave controversy in church history and was the reason why the Orthodox Church split for the Western Church because they only believed the Spirit came from the Father, but you don't really need to know that. Yeah. Um, Richard's just speaking it in Latin. That will help you a lot. Okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> the so that's who, and remember and this that's a quote from the athanasian creed uh, i just want to make the point athanasian athanasius was african many of the earlier theologians of the church were african augustine was african and when we go to africa we need to emphasize that early church theology, much of it came out of Africa. The Athanasian Creed, which is a wonderful statement if you read the whole thing. We sing little bits of it at Christmas. God of God, light of light, eternal, you know, low and so on. Okay, come all you faithful. Okay, but it's So I find when we go to Africa, we emphasise that. The theology, much of our theology came out of Africa in the way that it was so well expressed. Athanasius fought for Christian truth. One time they said to him, the world is against you, Athanasius. He said, very well, then Athanasius is against the world. Okay. <laughs> and established the truths that we are founded on. So the Holy Spirit is like God on the move and sent now by the Father and the Son. And it says this, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. Or Shalom. Or Assalamu Alaikum. Okay. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. With that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. See, the church is a community sent into the world. That's what it is. Jesus said, you know, at the very first church meeting, when he was establishing the DNA of the church, he said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you, and you need the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit of mission, because the church, it's not that the church is a gathered community to which mission is added. The church is a missional community that happens to gather together from time to time. Do you understand? It's important, because all sorts of wrong thinking has got into our minds on that. It's funny, we often talk about like things like, doing. are you doing evangelism? As if it's a separate thing from who you are. Or we have a mission department of a denomination. No, the church is a missional community. That was the purpose of this new community, Jesus' urgency after the resurrection. He says, peace, the character of the community, go, the purpose of the community. It's a place of shalom. It's a place on mission. All the urgency in the resurrection accounts. For Matthew, it's the inevitable outworking of the risen Christ. All authority in heaven on earth is given to me. All the nations belong to Jesus. Now go and get them, make disciples of them. In Mark, Jesus rebukes the disciples for their lack of faith, then says, go into all creation and signs and wonders will follow you. Do you want to see signs and wonders? Get on mission. In Luke and Acts, it's specific and strategic. First to rebuke, don't be occupied with times and dates. An important message for today's evangelical church, because often there's more books on the end times than there are on mission. And he says, don't worry about that. It's not for you to know anyway. Whatever he may say on the God channel, it's not for you to know. Rather, the essence of mission is Jerusalem, our hometown, Judea, the region, Samaria, those close geographically but different culturally, and the ends of the earth. Mission and community both have their origins in the Trinity. The Father sends the Son, the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is perfect community and community and mission. Jesus forms a church which reflects those characteristics. And he says in John 17, when he's praying for them, he says, May they also be in us, community, that the world may know, mission. May they be brought to complete unity, That's community. That the world may know that the Father sent the Son. That's mission. Love one another, John 13. Community. That the world may know you are my disciples. Mission. You see? So All Nations Church is a missional community for Bedford, the region around, those close geographically who are different cultures and for sending to the world. However, notice the importance of the Holy Spirit in that mission. Having commissioned them, he breathed on them. A prophetic, anticipatory act of what would happen at Pentecost. Okay? You're, you're, I'm sending you, but then he said, don't go yet. Wait till you receive power, he said in Matthew. Here he's, in John, he breathes on them as a sign of what is needed for them to be the missional community. The Holy Spirit. And as I said in the next last session, the Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit first came to the church, was a mission event. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, etc. Well, let's go back to Ezekiel. Okay, Ezekiel's an amazing guy, really. I love his prophecies. But he also prophesied about the church on mission. Because having first been amazed that God was in Babylon, he then saw this amazing vision. So I'm moving conceptual to story now. And so an angel got hold of Ezekiel. Who'd like to be Ezekiel? Pardon? Go on then. Ezekiel Peter, yes. Okay. Right. No, no, you can stand down there. Not the, no, we're not doing the dry bones, not today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind how you're feeling, you know. <laughs> so, Ezekiel was taken on a tour. Of a renewed temple and a renewed Jerusalem, which couldn't be the physical Jerusalem because the city was shaped like a cube. And uh, all the stuff is in symbolic language, which is then reflected in the book of Revelation. And so, but at one point, he's taken a conducted tour around the uh, temple and he notices that there's a tiny trickle of water the word trickle that's used in Hebrew there speaks about what happened when a water vessel was laid on its side and water just watch water just trickled out just a trickle, just a tiny tiny bit See, not much, just a trickle. And then the angel took him round outside the temple and that trickle was still coming. Do you see it? See? Just drip, drip. Sorry about that flag. I missed the electrics, it's all right. (laughs) 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 and so he said you see that trickle now just let's walk and see where that trickle goes and he walked along 450 metres now look it's bigger just jump into that water island where is it up to up to his ankles. Okay, come out. That's what. But did you notice? It was just a trickle. Have any rivers joined it? No. No is the answer, Pete. Okay, no, it's, yeah, in, it's, it's in the Bible, all right. Uh, now, no, no, <laughs> okay. It's just a trickle. <laughs> just a trickle. It's just but a trickle. now look at it. <laughs> up to your ankles. It comes out. By the way, this is how you teach oral cultures bit further and even some conceptual thinkers l- <laughs> like it okay just a few okay now jump in up to your knees wow come a bit further just walk a little bit further another 450 meters now look at it mighty isn't it do you like to get in Okay, get in then. It's up to his waist. All <laughs> right. Another 450 metres. Now. Can you swim, Ezekiel? <laughs> you see, if you got in now, you wouldn't be able to stand. It's got mighty. Mighty. And now look, just look, flowing. flowing, what's happening? Where is it going? It's going to the east. What's in the east? The Dead Sea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay, the Dead Sea. Look, what's that? Fishermen are appearing on the banks of the Dead Sea. Yeah. Because this river has made the Dead Sea even fresh. It's so powerful. And then look, watch. And trees start growing up on both sides of the river. Unusual trees. They eat, they bear fruit in each season, each month. Trees don't do that normally, not normal fruit trees. This is the amazing work of the river of God. Okay. This is the story. Of the presence of God moving into the mission of God. Because the water will flow to the Dead Sea and the desert lands around it. The Dead Sea becomes fresh fresh again. Fishermen with nets. Trees, fruit for food. Leaves for healing. You see, what do we learn from this? Throughout the Bible, temples where we worship were intended to be source of blessing rivers to the surrounding area. How do we know that? Because that was the first temple. The first temple... was the Garden of Eden. and We know that was the first temple because all later temples, the one built in the wilderness, the one built by Solomon, all were done like a garden. They had engravings of animals and flowers and so on. Because the temple is a garden where God dwells. In the future, it becomes a garden city. In the book of Revelation. But it says, The Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it separated into four headwaters. See? Garden, temple, Presence of God, result is rivers. But rivers don't stay in the garden, rivers go out to refresh everything else around. Today's temple is not a building, but the church is a gathered people. In Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling or a temple in which God lives by His Spirit. The temple is the launching place for mission because the gathering place out goes the Spirit of God on mission leading us out. And the temple was also the place of sacrifice and offering. Ezekiel had trained as a priest so he understood that. The source of the river is the cross. But notice... The further Ezekiel got from the temple, the deeper the river. That doesn't fit with much modern theology about teaching about the river. People in our sort of churches like to say, keep in the river. I agree, but the river is going out. (laughs) And the further you go, Away from the temple, don't misunderstand me, the deeper the river becomes, the more you can experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. You don't just enjoy the Holy Spirit, then go and do the hard work of mission. You enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit in the temple, and then you follow the Holy Spirit into the dark places of the world. Do you understand? And the more you go, the deeper the river. The further you, we go in our mission to bless locally and globally, the more you experience the blessing of God. Distance is symbolic, not just geographic. It's where the greatest need is, in Bedford, in the UK, and in the nations of the world. you, you find miracles out there. I hear great stories of miracles in the church. I hear even greater stories of miracles in mission. Amazing things are happening in the world today. There was a young lady coming out of a... Well, in a place which was being regularly bombed in the Middle East. And... While all the bombing was going on, one evening, one night, she had a dream about Mary. That's all right, my theology isn't wonky. just wait a minute. She had a dream about the Virgin Mary. And Mary said to her in her dream, have you found my son? She woke up puzzled. No, no, sorry. Also in the dream, she then saw a border crossing between two countries in her mind, which she'd never been to. But in the dream, she saw this border crossing. And she knew in a dream that whatever this meant, she would find Mary's son when she got through that border crossing. Now, she woke up, didn't understand it, as Mary lost her son, you know. Bombing got so bad. In the end, her family and she (laughs) fled as refugees. And as they fled, they came to this border crossing. She reckoned, this is the border crossing in my dream. Perhaps when I get through, we'll find Mary's son. They got through the border crossing And she met some believers. This was told to me by one of the team that worked there. And she came to know Jesus, as did her whole family. And she found Mary's son. (laughs) And said to one of the people in our team, we've lost our home, we've lost all our possessions, we've only got what we've carried. But... We're rejoicing because we've found something far greater, and that is Jesus. That's worth giving all that up for. Gosh. We don't often hear that sort of story in the church, do we? But, far, but the, the river is getting deeper out there. Do you understand? Because the Holy Spirit is out there going. God is in Babylon, moving. The New Testament perspective. At the... Jesus went to one of the feasts of the Jews called the Feast of Tabernacles when they all used to live in tents made of branches to celebrate living in tents as they came out of Egypt through the wilderness. And on the last day of this feast... The priest would bring these massive vessels of water and pour it out. And there'll be a fantastic celebration. In fact, one writer of the time said this Who has not experienced the pouring out of the water on the Feast of Tabernacles has never experienced joy. It was such an exciting event. And that was on the last day of the feast. And. As that was going on, it says Jesus called with a loud voice. He would have had to. All the excitement, the water was being poured out and, he, and celebrating the water from the rock that was available to them in the wilderness. And Jesus cried in a loud voice. What did he cry? Anyone thirsty? Oh, come on. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. You don't enter into this, do you? Come on, anyone thirsty? Yes. Yes. Anyone thirsty? Let him come to me and drink. Then he said, and out from his being will flow rivers of living water. The purpose of drinking is to bless the world. Do you understand? Rivers flow out because you are the temple of God. And this it said, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And Jesus says, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow. Which scripture? Ezekiel 47. The river of God starting as a trickle and going out to bless the world. You understand? In the book of Revelation, you get what's the ideal picture of the church, which draws from Ezekiel's picture language. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. As clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Now, I must say, isn't that a future picture? It's, a, it's partly a future picture. It's partly a symbolic picture of the role of the church of Jesus Christ. Okay. And the river of God is flowing. Why? So trees can grow and leaves for the healing of the nations. We have the message of the healing of the nations as we reconcile people, as we renounce nationalism. You must do that. Because if you're not seeing, if you're seeing your identity in nationalism, which is on the increase today, very sadly, and is on the increase in our own nation the church won't be able to bring the healing between the nations that it is intended to do. You understand? Because the trees are for the healing of the nations and the river goes out to bring reconciliation to God and between one another. And between all the nations, which is where we started yesterday, and the miracle of God is that that river, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is going there. The Holy Spirit is already there. The Holy Spirit is working there. We have to get in line with the river and where it's going. The Holy Spirit, the preceding one. So God is already, so the presence of God in His church goes out for mission, for healing. For power, for affecting society, for good. The Dead Sea became fresh. For unreached people groups across the world. How practically God is more committed to world mission than we are. Okay, That's what I've already talked about. All these healings before the missionaries reach the people. We must therefore, by the power of the Holy Spirit, go to where the Holy Spirit already is working. Commitment to the presence of God in mission. My experience of the spirit, the river, will grow as we're involved in mission, particularly to unreached people groups. Remarkable things are happening. Okay. Just turn off the recording a moment, could you? It means the church is involved in projects which bless the town where we are. That's where the river's going. These aren't an extra. The great thing is we gather and we also do these projects. No, the Spirit of God is in those projects. The river's getting deep there. Takes a long time sometimes. That's okay. Okay. As Gaudi said when uh, he asked how, why it took so long to build that magnificent cathedral in Barcelona, said, my client isn't in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> so, God's on the move. We've seen people baptised recently in my home church who are social action green projects have been working with for years. That's okay. Things grow slowly sometimes. But be assured of this. The river of God is there. Amen. Church involved in sending to the nations for healing of the nations. It's our mission. And the ob- so we must have an international vision as well as a local vision. Because the Spirit of God's going there. And the objective is to fish, to spread our nets, be fishers of men, as Jesus promised his followers. Some will go, some will stay, but all are involved in blessing. Through prayer and support and some going to with water the dark places of the world. But also it means this. Everybody who's part of the church involved in their what we call ordinary secular work. Are taking the river of God there. And the spirit of God is working in your workplace. And he's ahead of you. Come on. Yeah, we've got to have faith. You don't, you know, sometimes people say, Oh, I wish I didn't have to work so hard in my job so I could serve the kingdom. What nonsense! (laughs) You serve the kingdom there. Now, there may be other reasons for not working such long hours, but it's nothing to do with the kingdom. Because as you go, the river of God is going. So in your Work, expect the river of God. I know in some places you can't just directly witness. If you still take the river of God and people ask you questions. I know you can't always pray for people. But there's ways of doing it that, that don't involve offending their dignity, which we've got to be careful of. And we have to understand that laws of this country and so on. But God's not confined by that. You you observe those laws. Don't cause trouble. But believe in the river of God being already there. And that he therefore will, because he's there ahead of you. God is in Babylon. That means God is in your workplace. And he will work. And the river is deep where you are. And miracles will happen. Miracles happen through people's everyday work. Come on. Spirit of God in mission. The church gathered and the church scattered is still the church and is still the enjoyment of the presence of God. Okay. And the more you enjoy the presence of God when you gather, the more you should expect the presence of God as you scatter into the everyday life. And it will get deeper there. Because the river goes out. Let's pray. Let's stand together. Come on, the river's on the streets as well. The river's moving out there. Just get in the river. Those of you who facing tough places at work and don't know how I'm going to witness there and meeting resistance... Just hold out your hands to the Lord now. I'm going to ask God to give you supernatural ability to see the river of God there. And I'm going to ask him for signs of that river at work in that situation. Just hold out your hands to the Lord if you're in that situation. Jesus' name, I speak faith into you. For where you are. Faith, as the old hymn put it, laughs at impossibilities and says it shall be done. Let's believe God for that. It shall be done. Give faith to see the river of God where you are. Give faith to believe that you are carrying the river of God and the mission of God into the places you go to. In Jesus' name, I pray that that will be demonstrated right through. I pray there may be witness testimonies from this moment of change in places because of the river of God going there and our faith that the river of God is there. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray people will see themselves as representatives of the river of God where they go. Jesus' name. God will give you fresh eyes to see. And it's not that you need to do anything different. Don't feel under pressure. But God wants to open your eyes and show that he's at work and that you will see fruit in that workplace. (sighs) Thank you, Lord. And the presence of God is surrounding you there. (sighs) What you're experiencing now, the presence of God, it's the same presence that's with you, where you go. Even when there's pressure and even when you're criticised, the presence of God is there. (sighs) Even when people you feel use you and don't appreciate you, the presence of God is there and the river will go. And even some of those that put pressure on you will experience it in the few days to come. Thank you, Lord. Okay. You need to keep faith for the children's work as it's twelve thirty, um so but please ministry can carry on i'm going to finish personally i've got to go and pack but it's been great to be with you but i believe there's more that god wants to do by his holy spirit amongst you richard <laughs>
1: david thank you so so much for just what you've poured out um it's just been amazing to just to receive what the lord has invested in you over these many many years the the, uh, kind of experience (coughs) the anointing on you for that so thank you there's been an impartation i i just want to pray father just release that amongst us in greater measure release that amongst us in greater measure Lord thank you that um, actually even if we've just stepped in up to our ankles we know we can go into our knees and up to our waist and we can keep going more and more and more and so Lord each one here let us go on that journey we pray Father I just thank you for everything that you've imparted thank you thank you so much Jesus we honor you for making that possible through your sacrifice and Holy Spirit, thank you that you are the divine activator, you are the divine proceder, and we just love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.